Sylvia Schneider and Diana Balbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 178, Looking for a Project? How about an OTTV? Recorded on March 5th, 2019. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equine podcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belvar. This episode will include... A little bit of catching up. An interview with 4-H spokesperson Cameron Horner. Some results from the OTTB Challenge at Saskatchewan Equine Expo. An interview with OTTB enthusiast Jody Bush. And that's about it, short and sweet. And perhaps we should tell people right now that OTTB is off-track thoroughbred. Yes, that would be a good idea. (laughs) It's just so easy to say OTTB. I know. Oh, the acronyms we live with. So I see the cold weather is supposed to break this week, Diana. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, not soon enough for me. What? So our sheep decided to start lambing oh, during no. all the cold. Yeah. That's a heck of a time for them to be coming. <laughs> That's just wrong. Yeah. Mother so, Nature, come on. So I think it's hilarious because we, we we just started talking in our barn about how now we'd be able to start working the horses. And mm. they brought up some of the obstacles, and you know, just to work some, do some work in hand. Right. And we've taken up. Oh, I don't know, a quarter of the arena <laughs> with a new lambing pen. Oh, no. It won't be there for long, but I just think it's pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the other quarter is taken up by chickens. Many, oh. <laughs> many chickens in my barn right now. How many chickens? Because when I was there, there was well, maybe six, maybe five or six. Yeah, now there's, I don't know. 13. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a 14, few. 15. That's a few. Are they fancy ones? <laughs> no, no. No? No, they're just egg-laying chickens. Mm. Yeah. So. Well. But it did break just in time for my farrier. Yeah? Yeah. We had, the farrier was out today. Right. And, uh, yeah, we did have to close the overhead door when it got a little nippy when the wind came up. But wow. it was very nice to be inside, and it was pretty darn nice out. Yeah, the wind has been a problem all winter long, because if it hadn't have been for the wind, our our temperatures wouldn't have been so bitterly, no. bitterly cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really happy the weather warmed up in time for your trims. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I went to see the horses when it got a little warmer last week, and they all looked really great. Oh, Thick, good. furry coats that are starting to shed because oh, yes. the days are getting longer. Yeah, they are. They're starting to shed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, Spring is coming. Yeah. Yay. Well, I uh, went through all our unaired interviews <laughs> okay, <laughs> trying to plan for this, and I'm sad to say that due to my crazy year last year, there are quite a few unaired wow. interviews. So we can start rolling them out, get a few more episodes yeah. out. Yeah, I I know, I agree. It's really hard to decide which ones uh, to air, though, you know, and in which order to air them in. So um, we have this really great interview with Cameron Horner, who's the spokesperson for 4-H. And unfortunately, it's older, but... Uh, and the 4-H year, it runs from October 1st to September 30th. And the fall is when most clubs are welcoming new new members, but yeah, but it, you know it's always good to look into options before registering your child. It's and true. Getting involved, you know, you want to volunteer, and yeah. only members in good standing before the end of March are able to vote for the board of directors. So right. yeah, that's as good a time as any to get this interview out there. I agree. It's a really good one. You know, I think that a lot of people might say, "Well, 4-H—that's all about livestock, right?" 
<laughs> but it's not. So I would say when you're listening to this interview, listen to everything that they cover in 4-H. It's quite amazing. For sure. All right, so uh, it's Diana here with Cameron Horner. And Cameron, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule here. We're at the CFR at the Farm Fair. Actually, the Farm Fair end of things, right? Yeah, that's yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and we wanted to talk to you because you're a spokesperson for 4-H. Yes. So um, maybe we'll just let you start with what 4-H is all about. Well, 4-H is celebrating its 100th uh birthday or anniversary this year in 2017 so we've been around since 1917 and 4-H is a youth organization and the longest running youth organization in Alberta. Crazy. Um, yep and it's uh, age for ages 9 to 20. Uh, we do have what we call cleaver kids which are ages 6 to 8. They're not considered a full-fledged member but they can partake in certain things within the 4-H program but we for the most part nine, 9 years of age up to 20. Now what kinds of things do kids partake in with 4-H? Well every uh, member is involved with a club so each club will then have a certain amount of projects or different projects that they will um, offer to the to the kids. So whether it's livestock, whether it's uh, computers, whether it's science-based, whether it's, it could be welding, it could be trades, it could be uh, woodworking, it could be any of those things. Uh, cane, beekeeping. Beekeeping, canine. Uh, basic speaking. Public speaking, uh, yep, definitely all of those things. So a club will offer different projects. Members will take one, two, three, four different projects. And then throughout the year and at the end, they have an achievement day where they present their projects. So if it's a, if it's a livestock, they would show their animal. If it's canine, they'd put their dog through some agility testing and that sort of thing. If it's woodworking, they would have made something that they would show show them, the other members and, and to the audience that comes and watches. And public speaking is a big part of it as well. Yes, so communications is uh, every club has to offer a communication. So every member has to do a communications, uh, not so much a project, but they have to do either do public speaking, they have to do a presentation, or they need to emcee an event or something of that. Like most kids will do a public, will do a prepared speech, of which then they have to do an impromptu, which is kind of, that's the tough part. Yes. And is uh, that open to any age? Uh, that is open, to, well, for the members that are in the club. So 9 to 20. Yeah, 9 yeah. to 20. So even even the little 6 to 8-year-olds will yeah. do some sort of communications yeah. uh, within the club year. But yeah, 9 to 20, and they compete, and then they can move on if they, you know, if they, if they win first or second or third then they can move on to the next level. Um, just as an FYI, so our, our senior 2017 public speaking champion, a lady by the name of Lois, just went and competed at the CYSA, which is the Canadian Young Speakers for Agriculture at the Royal Winter Fair, and she placed first out of all everyone oh in Canada. So Alberta's That's won wonderful. that three years in a row, so we're very proud. We like to brag a little bit that we, we have great <laughs> communicators in the province. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And where is she from in Alberta? Uh, she's from Wetaskiwin area. Wetaskiwin, yeah. so she's close by. We I see another interview coming up. Yeah, you may want to get a hold of her, definitely. She's a, she's a very well-spoken young lady. Yes, I oh, bet she is. wonderful. Yeah. Okay, um, so I guess we wanted to kind of dispel the myth that 4-H was only animals and only in the country. Yes, so both false. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, 4-H, when it first started, uh, was livestock. So the very first club was a pig club, swine club. And a gentleman by the name of W.J. Elliott founded the club in 1917 in Olds. And it was about genetics. And it, it, if oh, you kind of cool. do the research on it, because it was our centennial, we've done a lot of history, uh, background checks and stuff. And... They weren't happy with the genetics in the in Alberta. Okay. So, so whether it was livestock, with, pigs. with uh-huh. well, in this oh. point it was pigs. Yes. Yeah. So what they did instead of trying to get the 
father or the mother to change because sometimes that can be tough right when you've been doing something for 20 years it's <laughs> tough to it's tough to wrap your head around new 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 ways of doing things so they thought well what better way to do it than through reach the kids the youth, right? reach the youth so Absolutely. that was the original premise of 4-H in the province now it has evolved right so mm-hmm. you don't need to be in livestock as I've said you've got there's lots of other projects you can do you don't need to be from a farm yeah. you don't even need to be from acreage you can be from town you can be from the city um, we do have clubs that are that are urban based now we've got to be careful when we say urban it's not just Edmonton Calgary it can be yeah. you know whether it's Spruce Grove whether it's Airdrie Medicine Hat so we have clubs within those areas so um, yeah it's not just it's not just livestock it can be just about anything do you know how many clubs there are in uh, I don't have the statistics for this year because we're still registering up till December 1st but it's around 350 clubs Wonderful. approximately 5,500 members and about 22 adult volunteers so leaders only yeah whoa now actually my sister used to volunteer with uh, dogs yes yeah, yeah. teaching dogs agility yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah very so, cool yeah so about 2,200 volunteers that, that help out through oh 2,200 yes 2200. oh that's better that's I better. thought you said 200 <laughs> no no 2,200 that's, that's not enough no no it's oh, definitely not wonderful. enough no it's definitely not enough <laughs> okay yeah. well that's fantastic and so can you give us the 4-H the 4-H's yes. of 4-H yeah. yes because, because 4-H is very holistic that's what yeah. I like about it yeah, yeah learn so. to do by doing that's our motto so yeah it's head heart hands and health yeah. and that's been the 4-H's for a very long time now right. 4-H when it first started was was called a boys and girls club it wasn't until I believe it don't quote about 1954 that it actually switched over to be known as 4-H okay. now 4-H is global right it's not just Canada it's been around forever and in the U.S. is kind of I think the founding Okay. organization was 4-H was in the U.S. but yeah um, in Canada it's 104 years old it was founded in Roland Manitoba in 2000, or 1913 and then here in Alberta in 1917 so yeah it wasn't considered 4-H until about 1954 but we say we're it's the same organization yes. and not to be confused with the boys and girls clubs that are uh, today yes. of today yes. but yeah back then it was considered a boys and girls so club. 100th anniversary here in Alberta yes well yes. that's very exciting yes. and and now there's there's a What's the other part of the 4-H? There's a pledge. There's a pledge, yeah. Yeah, I can leave people with a pledge. Yeah, pledge my head to clear thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, and my health to better living for my club, my community, and my country. That's wonderful. That's that's the pledge, yes. So the the 4-Hs are quite uh, prevalent in most of the things, like what the kids do, right? So they Mm -hmm. kind of all equate back to those. Right. So if people want to find out more about 4-H, you guys have a website, I would imagine. You betcha. We have a website. It's 4-H.av.ca. So if they're ever looking for contact information or just want to look up some information, about 4-H in general we have stuff there and of course we're very prevalent on social media as well so they can follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter that would be all on the uh, website that's all on the website as well or if they just want to use the the magical thing of Google they can find us on any of those things (laughs) so yes yeah for sure fantastic well thank you so much Cameron that was very helpful yeah thanks so much yeah no problem enjoy your day yeah thank you so this is you know it's such a great opportunity for young kids oh and for adults to volunteer and learn while they're doing it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that, was, that was a really good reminder of some of the great, great opportunities we have out there in horses. Mm-hmm, yeah. So if you heard, speaking of opportunities, if you heard the last episode, you'll know that we were really thrilled to watch the Off-Track Thoroughbred Challenge, the OTTB Challenge for short. <laughs> yes. Which I couldn't even say correctly <laughs> during the Facebook Live. I was like, blip, blip. <laughs> it was really interesting. And we were really impressed with the results those riders achieved with their horses in less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. Less than a year. The whole concept goes hand in hand with what we've said many times before, Diana, that there's a job out there for every horse. Yeah. And you know, an activity for every rider. 
It's true. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only thing I think about when I think about racehorses and taking on racehorses, yeah. I always think of my friend Karen who, who got a standard bread off mm-hmm. the track from her uncle. And at one point we needed to do a, a, a urine test for him. And um, not because of, of competition, but just because he, he had an issue and he needed a urine test. Right. So we said to the vet, well, how are we supposed to get a urine test and wait around all day for the horse to pee? I mean, the first thing they said was, oh, you just put a bucket, an ice cream bucket on the end of a stick. What? And yeah, to catch the urine, right? Right. And I'm going, yeah, okay, but then wait around all day? And they said, well, isn't he, uh, isn't he a racehorse? Just whistle. Mm-hmm. They're trained to pee when you whistle. It, it, now, today, you know, talking to my vet today, I actually asked her, and she said, there's not that many. There's a few out there still, but there's not that many trained to pee when you whistle. Well, if you Google that whole concept, you can actually train your yeah. horse, any horse. And it can't be that hard. But, you know, and it does come in handy. You know, when you don't want them to pee just when they're going into a ah, into a halter ah, class or something, oh, right? Hey, forget a halter <laughs> class. I mean, our biggest thing that we ran into in our new area that we're um, that we have our horses at is we went to take them into the arena. But before we got them in there, they peed on the concrete floor, and we're talking cold temperatures. And I'm going like, oh, quick, do something with that. <laughs> and like, they don't really want you. You know, I mean, you have to be careful how you take care of it, right? Yes. So, but, but actually, I, thought, I think that's rather strange because normally horses want to pee on on something that's going to catch it exactly so when i when i saw that i kind of looked at them and said are you kidding me yeah and it was not just one horse but then the other horse decided the same thing was fair game so isn't that something i know (laughs) anyway yeah so we actually uh, the girl and i karen and i looked at each other and went can you whistle? And I said, no. Can you whistle? She said, no. And she said, even if we do, what would we whistle? So we decided to whistle Camp Town Races. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to hear? I'll whistle. All right, this is how much we could whistle. Mm, let me see. <laughs> that's it. You that's it you for my have, whistle. And it worked. Have, oh, that's great. <laughs> You should have me there. I, I'm a terrible whistler. I love well, to whistle. Well, between the two of us, we could barely get any whistle coming through our lips, but mm-hmm. it still worked. So anyway, yeah. Well, we're really off track now. I so know. let's see. Uh, you know, I thought we could talk a little bit about some of the general information around the competition because, you know, if you think you're up for it, now would be the time to get going on the training of your OTTB for the 2020 Challenge. Well, it's already getting late. No, it, it is not, already not getting really. late. But That's some not of those, true. Some of those horses didn't... only ro- yeah, only yeah. trained for six months. Yeah. So the trick is, if if you really want to get your, you can train for up to one year. Up to one year. Yeah. So they could start, you know, right at the end of the last challenge at mm-hmm. the Saskatchewan Equine Expo. Right. We're a month in already. Yes. Basically. Mm-hmm. But if they had a horse that they um, were interested in in bringing into the competition that had raced in 2018 then they could sure start now this would be the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well they did have a schedule did you want to kind of give the schedule that they well yeah i mean the the trainers applications are available like now yeah from july 2018 right right? yeah and then um february 2019 is when you can be training on the last day of the The last day of of january basically no no the last day of the the last day of the uh, saskatchewan Ah, february 18th Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
And then you could start training from there. So actually, yep. it's only a couple of weeks in. Yeah. Isn't that short yeah. a time I know. ago. Wow. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then the deadline for applications yeah. would be October 1st, 2019. Right. And the entries close December 1st, 2019. Right. And then the event itself takes place February 2020. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, give it some thought if you're a, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a skilled oh, horse person. And, and cost-wise, it's it's $200. But $50, no, $50 non-refundable application and then $150 for each horse that mm-hmm. you might want to enter. So the right. one fee is a, a one-time fee and then 150 per horse after that. So if you're taking one horse in, $200. Mm-hmm. And the, the prize money, I mean, if you got first place in any of the... Um, challenges. Any of the, yeah, the mm-hmm. classes, yeah. Yeah, then you could win that money back mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Well, and we do have the interview with Jody Bush, and she talks a little bit about it. She uh, not only rode in it, but brought the competition to the attention of the Saskatchewan Equine Expo Board. Mm-hmm. But before we get going on that, let's talk a little bit about uh, some housekeeping stuff. If you don't know about it, Equinely Inclined has a Patreon page. Our patrons' support through Patreon is the only way, other than personal funds, for us to keep this podcast alive. We look forward to more patrons and coming up with more ways to keep things interesting for them. If you love to hear great interviews and horsey information, please help us to keep this podcast going. That's right. This podcast has a Patreon page so our listeners can help us by supporting our creation of the podcast. Check it out at patreon.com slash equine podcast and you'll see there are posts there for paying patrons that our regular podcast listeners don't have access to. You bet. And past episodes no longer publicly available on the podcast feed are being made available via the Equinely Inclined Patreon page. Though I have to find more time to add more of those. Mm-hmm. Those past episodes are really great. Include great information and amazing interviews with top athletes and other industry players in the equine world. Yes, they are great. And if you search the page for episode, which I believe is a featured tag at the moment, you should see there are several past episode posts available for our supporting patrons. And it takes time to get those posts up, I know. I know, yeah. It drives me kind of crazy. It's either time or money. And right now I have to make money other ways until we build up our patron support on Patreon. Of course, this takes me away from getting more special posts up for patrons. And sadly, it really does become a vicious circle. Without a doubt, we need more patrons. If you enjoy listening to the podcast and look forward to each episode, please become a patron and support the creation of the podcast with a pledge. Yes, and you'll become an insider with access to an inside peek at our lives. Once again, you can pledge at patreon.com slash equine podcast, and we thank all our patrons so much for their support. So we have this interview with Jody Bush, and I really want people to listen for how Jody got her start with horses. Yes, for sure. And uh, I mean, Jody's been riding for a long time, and mm-hmm. it shows. It, it was, was it, it was a delight to watch her and Joe working. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to the interview. So here we are in Saskatchewan, and it's just as cold as it was at home in Alberta. It's uh, February 2019, and we're at the Saskatchewan Equine Expo, and we're here with Jody Bush. And Jody, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. You're welcome. I think the first thing we want our listeners to to hear always is a little bit more about you and how you got into horses. Well, I grew up in Saskatchewan, just north of Saskatoon here, and started as a young person in 4-H and taking riding lessons. Um, 
bought my first horse, I think, around the age of 12 with a loan from my grandpa, a (laughs) two-year-old, that I definitely should not have been training myself. (laughs) (laughs) But we survived. She survived. I survived. And uh, I haven't looked back since. I've been um, training horses for the public and teaching riding lessons in clinics here in Saskatoon probably for about 15 years now and involved with the Equine Expo for about five all right wow. so you must have started about the age 12 then <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay that's fantastic so we're here interviewing you jody about the off track thoroughbred challenge yes so tell us a little bit more about the purpose of that um it's a new program here at the equine expo and it's i would say modeled after the um, retired racehorse project thoroughbred makeover which happens in kentucky and the point of the off-track thoroughbred challenge is basically threefold. Um, First, it's to uh, provide second careers to thoroughbreds who are retiring from racing and who need second careers. Um, Second, it is to um, showcase for the public and the crowd at the Equine Expo that thoroughbreds are not wild and crazy, (laughs) that they can go on to do very good things with um, correct training and third is to showcase some of our um, talented trainers who often wouldn't come to the equine expo Um, a lot of people won't do a three-day colt starting challenge but if you tell them they have a year to prepare their game to come and try well it, it brings in a whole new crowd too I think so. People who wouldn't normally come, and they want to see something a little different. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So now these horses have all been retired for just just over a year, perhaps. They and they only get training for up to a year. Yeah. So uh, most of these horses raced their last races in the fall of 2017, although some of them did race in the summer of 2018. Uh, then they would have a maximum of 12 months training. So uh, this weekend, last year, was the first time people were allowed to ride their horses. All right. So it seems that most of them are the age of four, five, six. I would say about that. Yeah, the oldest horse is 10, Mm -hmm. and I think the youngest is three. Wow. So that's quite a a spread, really, Mm -hmm. in age range, right? Yeah. And I suppose the older horses have then been racing longer. Yeah, so um, Gambling Don is the oldest horse, and he came off the track um, last year as a nine-year-old when he retired, and he has the most winnings of any of the horses uh, in the hundred thousands. Yeah, I thought I heard someone say 147. He was quite successful. Um, Nine years old is old for a racehorse. He'd he'd be what we would call a war horse. So he had a very long, successful racing career, and... Even at the age of nine, he's still got lots of usable life left in him. Oh, yes. so is, is he the one that they retired and he kind of went out to pasture but was not a happy camper? He didn't, yeah. he didn't like want, retirement. That's the one, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. And so he's actually going to go be a pony horse. He's going to go back to the racetrack and pony race horses and oh, he parade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, excellent. So now when they come to this competition, they show in two out of five different disciplines. Yes, one or two. Yeah, riders can choose um, to do two, or they can just do one. And we've got dressage, barrel racing, obstacle challenge, freestyle, and jumping. 
freestyle was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, freestyle was great. It was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it was it was hilarious and wonderful and elegant and all kinds mm -hmm. of things. Yeah. It was it yeah. was everything. It was just awesome. It was so entertaining for the crowd. When I think so. of freestyle, I think of freestyle dressage. Yeah. So that's what I thought we were going to see. So <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, it was completely different than that. So this morning we saw the dressage and there was I think six horses yep. in the dressage competition and are they posted somewhere as to the scores that they got? Or? They're going to announce the scores this evening All at right. the Extravaganza. Yep. Oh, nice. Great. Oh, that's why I called it, early called it Extravaganza. Yes. There's an Extravaganza in the evening. In the evening. Yes. evening for so for people that haven't been out to the Saskatchewan Equine Expo, one of the nice things about it is it, it you actually can watch everything because it's not a, a kind of, you, you don't have to choose where you're going to go and hop exactly. around. So yeah. it's very nice. So we got a chance to see you uh, doing, um, uh, sorry, a freestyle. A freestyle. Mm -hmm. Your freestyle. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely awesome, Jody. Thank so you. So, what is the long stick that you use called? It's called the garocha pole. Mm -hmm. Garocha. Mm -hmm. There we go. And it can be used for all kinds of bending exercises. It's a great training tool. Garocha is a um, a traditional Spanish tool, and it's used for. Um, working cattle with yeah. a stick mm -hmm. instead yeah. of a rope like we traditionally would. Our listeners um, would have just heard about that because we did an episode with an interview on um, um, working equitation. Oh, so yeah. They were calling it functional dressage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so uh, working equitation people use a grocha pole all the time. And it's great. Um, it really helps you figure out if your circles are round. Yes. Yes, because <laughs> yes, the pole's not dragging yeah. across the ground. Yeah. So f first tell us about this horse that you were riding then. Um, so his name is, his jockey club name is Johans Warrior, and I call him Joe. He's been known as Joe, I think, all his life. He was um, California bred, and he raced in California as a two-year-old. Joe kind of did the downward racehorse spiral. Oh, yes. So he went from... Um, California to Arizona to uh, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Saskatoon. Oh. He finally won his last race in Saskatoon, and then he retired. He retired on a good note. He retired on a very good note, <laughs> yeah. And how did you come to get him? Um, well, I knew him a little bit at the track. I'd kind of seen him around. I always really liked the look of him. He has a very um, traditional bridal horse look. He's got kind of a swan neck and a very upright carriage. Um, and I'm interested in sort of the bridal horse thing, which is what I wanted to do. I also noticed in the pen that he has a lot of draw, and I also like to do liberty. So yes. I thought he was a very good prospect. And um, when I saw that he had won his last race, I thought maybe he wasn't going to retire. So I checked, and they said, yes, in fact, he would retire. And uh, I bought him. Great. And, and how, when did you start riding him? I started riding him exactly one year ago on Monday, two days from there, now. There wow. you go. Excellent. Yeah. I'd done a little bit of groundwork, but mostly just, you know, fed him cookies and <laughs> petted him on the way by. So he had a lot of time to just relax and, and be a horse. And then after the expo last year, he was kind of ready to go and restart, and away we went. Well, it, you're, it was so awesome to watch your freestyle. So you started out with, uh, you had a hackamore on underneath. Yeah, right? I had a, a two-rain. Mm -hmm. Yep. And on top, what was it? Um, so I had like a traditional vaquero bit. It's a Mona Lisa bit, a Santa Barbara cheek Mona Lisa bit with um, like rawhide reins. 
And the purpose of the, that is to get them used to carrying the bit while you use the hackamore. Okay. So I started in the two rein, and then I took the bridle off, and then I was just in the hackamore, um, and then did the the garrocha work with the hackamore, and then took the hackamore off and, and rode around a with the neck, neck rope, rope. Mm-hmm. yeah, yes. for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then jumped off and took the neck rope off and did a little bit of liberty so yeah, yeah. it was, was it really was, cool yeah, yeah really fun to see he's a beautiful horse carries yeah. himself beautifully he has a really really beautiful balanced yeah. canter he's very, just very it just feels like you're floating it's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. elegant it's amazing now, yeah. uh, what are your plans oh for Joe? i would actually like to kind of backtrack a little bit because in the uh, demonstration, they talked about how you went to a particular program oh, yes. to to uh, kind of do the makeover. Mm-hmm. It's, so can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the um, Retired Racehorse Project is, uh, is an organization in the United States that mm-hmm. puts on a huge event called the Retired Racehorse Project Thoroughbred Makeover. That happens in October at the Kentucky Horse Park. Mm-hmm. So... I had purchased Joe for the Equine Expo program, but then I realized that he was eligible for right. the makeover right. in Kentucky. And a friend of mine said, "Well, let's go. <laughs> we <laughs> have eligible horses." Do. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so we applied, and we were both accepted. So we loaded the horses up in the tra- trailer and drove thirty-two hundred kilometers in down October. to <laughs> Kentucky. It was plus 40 yeah. the entire oh, time. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, and it was great. There was There's literally hundreds of horses wow. at the show down there. There's 10 different disciplines. Um, it's just a huge, huge event. Um, but the Kentucky Horse Park is beautiful. You can just ride everywhere. Oh, nice. Um, so I competed in ranch work and freestyle. And I was, uh, I did, we did very well. We placed in the top 10 in both of those disciplines. Yeah. Excellent. So it was a really, really great trip, but once in a lifetime, very worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So now back to so Diana's back question. To, what are your plans <laughs> now for Joe? Um, I was just telling a friend, I think that he and I could basically do anything. Like, I think he yeah. might be that special horse. So he's going to have a little bit of time off. Uh, a couple weeks. I have a bunch of colts coming to start March 1st, oh. so he's going to go to work starting colts, helping me start colts. <laughs> and uh, we'll just kind of see where the summer takes us. I do want to get him going in the bridle um, and uh, do a little cowboy dressage and just kind of see see where life, life takes us. I'd like to get my bridalist to where we can go without the neck rope. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this time next year we could be going without the neck rope and um, p- progress the liberty a little bit too. Oh. Wow. So yeah, not only were you competing in this, but you're also very involved in, in running this Right, program. the Saskatchewan Equine Expo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the, the Equine Expo committee, and I'm not sure if it was my idea to do the <laughs> off-track thoroughbred challenge. <laughs> could it be? It might have been my idea, but when it came up, I was sort of the one who said, yeah, like, let's make this happen. Right. And um, the committee supported it, and uh, I'm really pleased with how it's gone. I think for the, for the first year, we have more horses than I 
thought we would. We have very high quality horses. We have really high caliber riders. And yeah, I think it's onward and upward from here. Right. Well, I, I think, think that it, it, yeah. it's Wonderful an event. Addition. It's event worth traveling for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, good. that's cool. And I think when the news gets out, there may be more people that would be looking at entering the competition as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think when it comes to exposing people to the thoroughbred itself, I think that's uh, something that's long, long overdue yeah. out here. I think that uh, thoroughbreds are wonderful to be on top of. Yeah, I hope that the crowd, I hope that there are a lot of people in the crowd who you know, watch the dressage and watch the freestyle and we'll watch the jumping and the obstacles in the coming days who will, you know, maybe think twice about their notions of what thoroughbreds are all about mm-hmm. because they can they can really do anything. They're really very versatile. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody wants to find out more about Off the Track Thoroughbred Challenges or more about you, Jody, uh, is there a website that you have or a website that the OTTB have or... Uh, so if you wanted to find out about me, I have a Facebook page, Jody Bush Horsemanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I post various things on there and people could contact me uh, through that page. The Saskatchewan Equine Expo has both Facebook and a website. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's contact info- information on that page. And all of the off-track challenge um documents are on that page as well okay wow that's great well awesome I, thank you so much for taking the time well, jody thank and you for being interested we wish you all the success in bringing the thoroughbred more to the attention of uh, the average horse person thank you so 4-h gave jody her foundation with horses somehow that doesn't surprise <laughs> me there you go I thought we should clarify for our listeners just what a pony horse is at the racetrack. I mean, they're either a pony or a horse, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if anyone has watched racing, they would see riders on quiet horses leading the brace horses to the in gate. Leading a horse while you're riding another horse is called ponying. So those horses are the pony horses. (laughs) There you go. Okay, there you go. So it would be very interesting to have an ex racehorse as a pony horse. It kind of speaks volumes about their capacity for change. No kidding, yeah. Yeah. I'm almost afraid to say this, and I make no promises because of my time restrictions, but I have some video of the OTTB classes, and I'm hoping to get it up there for patrons. I'll let our equinely inclined Facebook friends know when it's posted, too. They might want to become patrons and enjoy the extra perks. Here's the results of the top four in the OTTB challenge at the Saskatchewan Equine Expo. All right, so there's a few of these because um, the top four in each of the events. Mm-hmm. So there was only one in the barrel racing. She mm-hmm. rode with the 4 H's in their barrel racing. Right, mm-hmm. we missed that because we yeah. missed the equine extravaganza. <laughs> so, and that was Kaylee Bolak with Twice the Magic. By the way... I love thoroughbred names. Yes, they're really cool, yeah. In the dressage, first place went to Colleen Bears with no hit, no run. And second place was to Maggie Omer-Kanitz with It's Go Time. Uh, Third place was Marilyn Kanitz with Envoy to Benghazi. And fourth place was Bethany John with No Discard. (laughs) 
in the freestyle, this one was so much fun to watch. Hey? Yeah, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. First place went to Jody Bush with Johan's Warrior, who she calls Joe. Mm-hmm. Second place went to Caitlin Jeffrey with Bold Diamond. Third place went to Sienna Keller with Sir Lancey. And fourth went to Devonstead on Gamblin' Dawn. And then the jumping, which was really fun to watch. And, of course, that's something that thoroughbreds could be very good at. Yeah. First place went to Sienna Keller with Twice the Magic. Second place went to Jessica McKinnon-Feller with Live in the Left Land. And third place went to Caitlin Jeffrey with Bold Diamond. Fourth place to Bethany John on No Discard. And then the last one was the obstacle. Mm. That was really good too. They really had great good. obstacles. Yeah. Some that I've, you know, yeah, there was pretty challenging course mm-hmm. with tipping bridges. Right. And the one that I thought was really tough was walking onto the bridge and then circling on a very oh, small area yeah. on the bridge. Yes. And coming back again. Yeah. That was a toughie. Yeah. Holy. And then there was also that carousel one too, where they had to walk in where and they push the carousel yeah. around. Yeah. Well, I, that was challenging and it made me think of the in-gate for oh, race yes, with horses. Oh, Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should be good at that. But um, yeah, but there's a lot that don't like to load. And then they had to walk up a couple of, uh, you know, hmm, what am I, how, how can I put this, like blocks, mm-hmm. and then down, the, like upstairs and down the stairs, big, yeah, that's big blocky not stairs. Not an easy thing for horses no, to especially do. especially to walk down it and mm-hmm. not jump off it. Yes. So that was really interesting. Yeah. So, and, and the other funny one was they, they had that obstacle with the pop bottles in the water oh, bottles in yeah. it that made all the crackly noise, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the one horse, well, it was Jody's horse. Mm-hmm. The first time he went through, he crackled on them. Mm-hmm. The next time he went through, he stepped very carefully and missed everyone. Yeah, <laughs> she, she she had to take two goes because the first time they uh, had a clock malfunction. A clock malfunction. Yeah, yeah which was nice because we got to see it twice. That's true. Uh-huh. So the obstacle course, yes, Jody Bush and Johan's Warrior won it. Mm-hmm. They, she absolutely was picture perfect. She Just, was. Oh my goodness, she was. Um, and he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brianna Sikorsky on "Don't Take It So Hard." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Devin Stead on "Gambling Dawn," and Kaylin Bolak in fourth place with "Twice the Magic." Mm-hmm. So. And the People's Choice Award, I will just say, was Sienna Keller on "Sir Lancey." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of fun. It was very, very entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. So that was that. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any new events on the horizon? Well, the only one that we have, and I made a point of mentioning it in the last episode, is it's not the kind of thing that's very current, so I don't usually mention these, but the Stony Plain Spring Taxil is coming up right away, Saturday, March 9th. This weekend. Mm -hmm. I know, at 10 a.m., and it's at the Stony Plain Heritage Pavilion in Stony Plain, Alberta, just for any of our locals who are interested. Mm -hmm. So, Diana, I always find myself wondering what our listeners are up to. Are you going to be going to a tax swap sale soon? Do you have any horse events that you'd like our listeners to know about? And now that you know more, are you a knowledgeable horse person that's inspired enough by the OTTB challenge to take on a project? Oh, you'd have to really know horses to take this on. Hmm. Have you introduced someone new to horses since the last episode? And by the way, if you're one of those horse crazy people who don't know how to fill that horseless void, please let us know. 
We want to help you. Well, our newest listeners might be wondering how to be in touch with us. For now, the easiest way for people to be in touch is via the Facebook page. Yes. And our listeners are from all over the world. And we always like to welcome our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. So stop by our page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and click on the like button and you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode. And a little tip about this, if you click on the three dots to the right of the like button, it will give you an option to follow the page and then you'll be notified of any posts we make. Right. And remember this. Tell five friends about our Facebook page. When you do, you're helping others learn more about horses. And we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines. And we love it when you share what you find on our Facebook page and in our podcast episode with others. If we want to make a positive impact for horses in our world, it takes all of us to help ourselves and others learn more about horses. So let us know what you think of this episode and what else you would like to hear. Do you have an opinion on a horsey topic? Or is there one you wish us to cover? Talk to us. Don't be shy. Mm-hmm. Go to www.facebook.com slash inclined and leave us a message on the page. So the next episode, well, I'm going to be away for a week in the middle of March, but if all our plans go well, episode 179 should be out next week. Hmm. Make sure to check the Facebook page because we enjoy doing live videos and you never know what we might surprise you with. And please find a non-horsey person you think might enjoy knowing more about horses and engage them in conversation. Let them know about everything we do. It would be great to have them join us on Facebook and as a podcast listener. And one last message. A heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support. And remember, supporting patrons at patreon.com slash equinepodcast get an inside look at our lives. So until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar, and give your horses big hugs for us.